Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick, on Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another reading of The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. We are on day, no, not day, sorry. (laughs) I've been doing the 21 days of thankfulness too much. We are on chapter number 12. Chapter 12 is called Scientists Use Use the Subconscious Mind. That's the title. So um, if you're new, just know that I read a chapter, an episode, and give my own commentary. You don't have to agree, um, but I do give my own commentary. If, you know, you don't agree and you want to talk about it, drop down in the comments and let me know. Let's have a dialogue. So, chapter number 12. Many scientists realize the true importance of the subconscious mind. Edison, Marconi, Kettering, Poincare, Einstein, and many others have used the subconscious mind. It has given them the insight and the know-how for all their great achievements in modern science and industry. Research has shown that the ability to bring into, into action the subconscious power has determined the success of all the great scientific and research workers. An instance of how a famous chemist, Friedrich von Stratonitz, used his subconscious mind to solve his problem is as follows. He had been working laboriously for a long time trying to rearrange the six carbon and the six hydrogen atoms of the benzene formula, and he was constantly perplexed and unable to solve the matter. Tired and exhausted, he turned the request over completely to his subconscious mind. Shortly afterward, as he was about to board a London bus, His subconscious presented his conscious mind with a sudden flash of a snake biting its own tail and turning around like a pinwheel. This answer from his subconscious mind gave him the long-sought answer of the circular rearrangement of the atoms that that is known as the benzene ring. How a distinguished scientist brought forth his inventions. Nikola Tesla was a brilliant electrical scientist who brought forth the most amazing innovations. When an idea for a new invention came into his mind, he would build it up in his imagination, knowing that his subconscious mind would reconstruct and reveal to his conscious mind all the parts needed for its manufacture in concrete form. Through quietly contemplating every possible improvement, he spent no time in correcting defects and was able to give the technicians the perfect product of his mind. He said, invariably, my device works as I imagined it should. In 20 years, there has not been a single exception. Hmm. How a famous naturalist solved his problem. Professor Agassiz, a distinguished American naturalist, discovered the infatigable, no, indefatigable, now you know I got to go find out what this word means, hold hold a moment please, 
indefatigable and no indefatigable sorry uh says adjective of a person or their efforts persisting tirelessly an indefatigable defender of human rights um okay i guess that's it that's the only uh dictionary that they popped up on my um on my Kindle. Persisting tirelessly is basically what it means. Persisting tirelessly in your efforts. Okay. So, Professor Agassiz, a distinguished American naturalist, discovered the indefatigable... No, I did not pronounce that right. Activities of his subconscious mind while he slept. The following has been reported by his widow in her biography of her famous husband. He had been for two weeks striving to decipher the somewhat obscure impression of a fossil fish on the stone slab in which it was preserved. Weary and perplexed, he put his work aside at last and tried to dismiss it from his mind. Shortly after, he waked one night, persuaded that while asleep, he had seen the fish with all the missing features perfectly restored. But when he tried to hold and make fast the image, it escaped him. Nevertheless, he went early to the Jardin des Plantes, thinking that on uh, thinking that on looking anew at the impression, he would see something um, which would put him on the track of his vision. In vain, the blurred record was as black as ever. The next night, he saw the fish again, but with no more satisfactory result. result. When he awoke, it dis- disappeared from his memory as before. Hoping that the same experience might be repeated on the third night, he placed the pencil and paper beside his bed before going to sleep. Accordingly, toward morning, the fish reappeared in his dream, confusedly at first, but at last with such distinctness that he had no longer any doubt as to its zoological characters. Still half-dreaming in perfect darkness, he traced these characters on the sheet of paper at the bedside. In the morning, he was surprised to see in his nocturnal sketch features which he thought it impossible the fossil itself should reveal. He hastened to the Jardin de Desplantis and with his drawing as a guide succeeded in chiseling away the surface of the stone under which portions of the fist proved to be hidden. When wholly exposed, it corresponded with his dream and his drawing and he succeeded in classifying it with ease. An outstanding physician solved the problem of diabetes. Some years ago, I received a clipping from a magazine describing the origin of the discovery of insulin. This is the essence of the article as I recall it. About 40 years ago or more, Dr. Frederick Banting, a brilliant Canadian physician and surgeon, was concentrating his attention on the ravages of diabetes. At that time, medical science offered no effective method of arresting the disease. Dr. Banting spent considerable time experimenting and studying the international literature on the subject. One night, he was exhausted and fell asleep. While asleep, his subconscious mind instructed him to extract the residue from the degenerated pancreatic duct of dogs. This was the origin of insulin, which has helped millions of people. I didn't know that. 
You will note that Dr. Banting had been consciously dwelling on the problem for some time, seeking a solution, a way out, and his subconscious responded accordingly. It does not follow that you will always get an answer overnight. The answer may not come for some time. Do not be discouraged. Keep on turning the problem over every night to the subconscious mind prior to sleep, as if you had never done it before. One of the reasons for the delay may be that you look upon it as a major problem. You may believe it will take a long time to solve it, which means what? What you believe to be true is true for you. So if you believe that it'll take a long time to solve, then it will take a long time to solve. So just remember, don't put time constraints on anything that you are trying to manifest. Because if you believe that it'll take a lifetime to to make a million dollars, don't be angry when it takes a lifetime to make that million dollars. Because that is not, number one, the time constraints that you're putting on it, but also the belief that you have surrounding it. Your subconscious mind is timeless and spaceless. Boom. Go to sleep believing you have the answer now. Always manifest in the present, not in a future date, because as I always state, the future does not exist. When tomorrow comes, it is today. The past is gone away with the future does not exist. All we ever have is today, the present right now. So always manifest for right now. Always speak in the present tense, not in any future tense. Because if you talk about manifesting anything in the future, you'll always, always be manifesting or wanting to receive something that doesn't exist. Because the future doesn't exist. Ask for whatever you want right now. And if you're not ready to receive what you want right now, don't ask for it. That's just simple as that. And and the reason why I say that is because I am not ready to receive a husband. So I don't ask for one. Because I believe that if I ask for a husband now, it's going to come. And I just, I'm not ready for that right now. (laughs) Yes, I am 45. Yes, I'll be 46 in three months. I'm still not ready for it. When I am ready, I will ask. I'm today, today, no, 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 I'm not ready. So whenever you're ready for something, ask for it now. Don't ask for something for a future time because you will not get it. Period. Anyway. Do not postulate the answer in the future. Oh, I'm really just, okay. I'm literally saying it before I read it. Okay. Have an abiding faith in the outcome. Become convinced now as you read this book that there is an answer and a perfect solution for you. How a famous scientist and physicist escaped from a Russian concentration camp. Dr. Lothar von Blinkschmidt, a member of the Rocket Society and an outstanding research electronic engineer, gives the following condensed summary of how he used his subconscious mind to free himself from a certain death at the hands of brutal guards in a Russian prison camp coal mine. He states as follows, I was a prisoner of war in a coal mine in Russia, and I saw men dying all around me in that prison compound. We we were watched over by brutal brutal guards, arrogant officers, and sharp, fast-thinking commissars. 
After a short medical checkup, a quota of coal was assigned to each person. My quota was 300 pounds per day. In case any man did not fill his quota, his small food ration was cut down and in a short time, he was resting in the cemetery. I started concentrating on my escape. I knew that my subconscious mind would somehow find a way. My home in Germany was destroyed, my family wiped out, all my friends and former associates were either killed in the war or were in concentration camps. I said to my subconscious mind, I want to go to Los Angeles and you will find the way. I had seen pictures of Los Angeles and I remembered some of the boulevards very well as well as some of the buildings. Every day and night I would imagine I was walking down Wilshire Boulevard with an American girl whom I met in Berlin prior to the war. She is now my wife. In my imagination, we would visit the stores, ride buses, and eat in the restaurants. Every night, I made it a special point to drive my imaginary girl, I'm sorry, my imaginary American automobile up and down the boulevards of Los Angeles. I made all this vivid and real. These pictures in my mind were as real and as natural to me as one of the trees outside the prison camp. Every morning, the chief guard would count the prisoners as they were lined up. He would call out one, two, three, etc. And when 17 was called out, which was my number in sequence, I stepped aside. In the meantime, the guard was called away for a minute or so. And on his return, he started by mistake on the next man as number 17. When the crew returned in the evening, the number, the number of men was the same and I was not missed. And this discovery would take a long time. I walked out of the camp undetected and kept walking for 24 hours, resting in a deserted town the next day. I was able to live by fishing and killing some wildlife. I found cold trains going to Poland and traveled on them by night until finally I reached Poland. With the help of friends, I made, I made my way to Lucerne, Switzerland. One evening at the Palace Hotel Lucerne, how did you get into the Palace Hotel? I had a talk with a man and his wife from the United States of America. This man asked me if I would care to be a guest at his home in Santa Monica, California. I accepted, and when I arrived in Los Angeles, I found that that their chauffeur drove me along Wilshire Boulevard and many other boulevards, which I had imagined so vividly in the long months in the Russian coal mines. I recognized the buildings which I had seen in my mind so often. It actually seemed as if I had been in Los Angeles before I had reached my goal. I will never cease to marvel at the wonders of the subconscious mind. Truly, it has ways we know not of. How archaeologists and paleontologists reconstruct ancient scenes. These scientists know that their subconscious mind has a memory of everything that has ever transpired. As they study the ancient ruins and fossils, Through their imaginative perception, their subconscious mind aids them in reconstructing the ancient scenes. The dead past becomes alive and audible once more. Looking at these ancient temples and studying the pottery, statuary tools, and household utensils of these ancient times, the scientist tells us of an age when there was no language. Communication was done by grunts, groans, and signs. The keen concentration and disciplined imagination of the scientist awakens the latent powers of his subconscious mind, enabling him to clothe the ancient temples with roofs and surround them with garden, 
pools and fountains. The fossil remains are clothed with eyes, sinews, and muscles, and they again walk and talk. The past becomes the living present, and we find that in mind, there is no time or space. Through discipline, controlled, and directed imagination, you can be a companion of the most scientific and inspired thinkers of all time. How to receive guidance from your subconscious. When you have what you term a difficult decision to make, or when you fail to see the solution to your problem, begin at once to think constructively about it. If you are fearful and worried, you are not really thinking. True thinking is free from fear. Here is a simple technique you can use to receive guidance on a subject. Quiet the mind and still the body. Tell the body to relax. If you have listened to any of my guided meditation, you will know that throughout the guided meditation, I tell you to to relax. And it is one of the things that I do in my own meditation is tell my body to relax. When you tell your body to relax, it is a command. And somehow, not only does your body relax, but your mind quiets. So that is something that I definitely recommend if you are a person that meditates or if you're new to meditation and don't know how to quiet your mind, tell your mind to relax. Tell the body to relax. It has to obey you. It has no volition, initiative, or self-conscious intelligence. Your body is an emotional disc which records your beliefs and impressions. Mobilize your attention. Focus your thought on the solution to your problem. Try to solve it with your conscious mind. Think how happy you would be about the perfect solution. Sense the feeling you would have if the perfect answer were yours now. Let your mind play with this mood in a relaxed way. Then drop off to sleep. When you awaken and you do not have the answer, get busy about something else. Probably when you are preoccupi- preoccupied with something else, the answer will come into your mind like toast pops out of a toaster. In receiving guidance from the subconscious mind, the simple way is the best. This is an illustration. I once lost a valuable ring, which was an heirloom. I looked everywhere for it and could not locate it. At night, I talked to the subconscious in the same manner that I would talk to anyone. I said to it prior to dropping off to sleep, you know all things, you know where that ring is, and you now reveal to me where it is. In the morning, I awoke suddenly with the words ringing in my ear, ask Robert. I thought it very strange that I should ask Robert, a young boy about nine years of age, However, I followed the inner voice of intuition. Robert said, oh yes, I picked it up in the yard while playing with the boys. I placed it on the desk in my room. I did not think it worth anything, so I did not say anything about it. The subconscious mind will always answer you if you trust it. His subconscious revealed the location of his father's will. A young man who attends my lectures had this experience. His father died and apparently left no will. However, this man's sister told him that their father had confided to her that a will had been executed, which was fair to all. Every attempt to locate the will failed. Prior to sleep, he talked to his deeper mind as follows. I now turn this request over to to the subconscious mind. 
It knows just where that will is and reveals it to me. Then he condensed his request down to one word, answer. Repeating it over and over again as a lullaby, he lulled himself to sleep with the word answer. The next morning, this young man had an overpowering hunch to go to a certain bank in Los Angeles where he found a safe deposit vault registered in the name of his father, the contents of which solved all his problems. Your thought as you go to sleep arouses the powerful latency which is within you. For example, let us suppose you are wondering whether to sell your home, buy a certain stock, sever a partnership, move to New York or stay in Los Angeles, dissolve the present contract, or take a new one. Do this. Sit quietly in your armchair or at your desk in your office. Remember that there is a universal law of action and reaction. The action is your thought. The reaction is the response from your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is reactive and reflexive. This is its nature. It rebounds, rewards, and repays. It is the law of correspondence. It responds by corresponding. As you contemplate right action, you will automatically experience a reaction or response in in yourself, which represents the guidance or an answer of your subconscious mind. In seeking guidance, you simply think quietly about right action, which means that you are using the infinite intelligence resident in the subconscious mind to the point where it begins to use you. From there on, your course of action is directed and controlled by the subjective wisdom within you, which is all-wise and omnipotent. Your decision will be right. There will only be right action because you are under a subjective compulsion to do the right thing. I use the word compulsion because the law of subconscious is compulsion. The secret of guidance. The secret of guidance or right action is to mentally devote yourself to the right answer. Until you find its response in you, the response is a feeling and inner awareness, an overpowering hunch whereby you know that you know. You have used the power to the point where it begins to use you. You cannot possibly fail or make one false step while operating on the subjective wisdom within you, you will find that all your ways are pleasantness and all your paths are peace. This was a pretty good chapter. Um, tell me what you guys think of it and what you got out of it. There were quite a bit of, um, I want to say, receipts of you know people from the past using their subconscious mind to get further in their field of study, um, to create things. Um, I think it was very powerful because it shows that no matter the age, no matter um, the time in history, that the subconscious mind is kind of a sustaining force that will help you create the life that you want. So I definitely um, would advise to get further in touch with your subconscious mind. One of those ways is through meditation and start creating your life. Start building your assumptions. Do all of those things. Use your, um, what is it? Your affirmations to help build your assumptions through your, your subconscious mind. We have been given every power and every right under the universe to create the lives that we want. We have not, 
because we ask not and we don't believe. You have to change that. I hope that you guys have a blessed day. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, promise you, promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Lawanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow us on our new YouTube page at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in our description box for a good deal on starting your own dropshipping business with Shopify.